Well, you can go ahead and be seated in CIA Children's Church. You are dismissed. We're so glad that all of you are here tonight. And I know you came expecting to hear the Word of God. We're just going to get saturated in the Scriptures tonight. I'm going to read you a lot of Scriptures out of the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians is a power-packed epistle that was written by the Apostle Paul to the church. Amen. How many of you belong to the church? How many of you want to walk in a greater degree of revelation and understanding of who we are and what we have in Christ Jesus? Tonight I'm going to title this message, There is no power shortage. The power of God is at work in us. The power of God is at work for us. Can I get a witness? Last Sunday, of course, was Resurrection Sunday. I'm still just so happy in Jesus about all that happened even here at our church and around the world. I am thankful for that resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead. And that same resurrection power is alive in me and alive in you. You know, when Jesus was raised from the dead, he didn't just overcome rigor mortis. And that certainly was a problem. But there was so much power released that day when Jesus was raised from the dead that God released some enough power to undo everything that Satan had done in Adam. That power came on the scene, not only to raise Jesus out of death, hell, and the grave, but that power came on the scene that was there to dissolve the works of the enemy, to destroy sickness and disease. That power came on the scene to undo the curse of the law that was set in motion when Adam sold us out. That power sent from heaven above came on the scene and it was enough power to translate you and me out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead, it was made available that very day and it was just like the Lord was saying, all those that believe on me, all that came on the call on the name of the Lord, that same resurrection power that has lifted me out of the pit of hell will raise us up and cause us to sit together with him in heavenly places. In the book of John, 1 John chapter 3, I'll just quote the last part of that verse to you. 1 John 3, 8, the last part of that verse says, For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Hallelujah. I'm glad that the anointing destroys every yoke. Of bondage. That's why Jesus came. That's why God raised him from the dead. And on that day when he was there in the regions of the dam, there was an explosion that happened. And God saw it not only as Jesus being set free, but he saw it as every captive being set free, being raised up into newness of life. That's why the Apostle Paul wrote these power-packed prayers. 
You could say that a few times and be speaking in tongues. These power-packed prayers in the book of Ephesians. Because he wanted us to get this revelation of the resurrection power that is at work in us. A few weeks ago on a Wednesday night, we read out of Ephesians chapter 1. We looked at verse 19 and 20. But tonight, we're going to begin in Ephesians 1. Verse 17, all the way down through verse 23. We'll probably read just a couple of them and stop and make some comments here. For I always, I'm going to be reading out of the Amplified Version tonight in all of these. Ephesians 1, 17. For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom. And revelation of insight into the mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him. Aren't you glad that we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us to be our teacher, to be our guide, to impart into us understanding and insight, to give us a divine prayer language that we may pray out mysteries, hidden things, things that the world can't tap into, things that your mind may not even know about. But the Apostle Paul said, I'm going to pray that you would tap in to this understanding, to this revelation that you can know things by the Spirit of God that you'll never get a hold of. In the natural. That's help from heaven. And then he goes on down in verse 18. By having the eyes of your heart flooded with light. So that you may know and understand the hope. Thank God for our blessed hope. The hope to which he has called you. And how rich is his glorious inheritance Where's that rich, glorious inheritance at? It's in the saints. It's on the inside of us. All the riches of heaven, all that he has to offer, we have inherited it. Jesus died and he left us his will. And this is his will. The New Testament. The will of the Father. The will of Jesus. And he said, whatever I purchase, whatever I have, I'm leaving it to you. That's a rich inheritance. You might have a rich uncle or a rich grandfather or somebody that dies and they might leave you a house and they might leave you this. And that's great and that's awesome. And bring your tithe when your relatives bring, give you a big inheritance. We're believing that. We got people that have done it. Unusual, unlikely things. Distant relatives leaving them money. And the first thing they do is bring their tithe into the storehouse. That's a blessing. But you know what? There's no inheritance on this earth that can compare to the rich and the glorious inheritance that we the saints, his set apart ones, have. Hallelujah. So he's saying, I'm praying that the eyes of your understanding would be flooded with light. So you can know and understand how rich and how glorious your inheritance is. Then verse 19. And so that you may know. He wants us to know this. 
He wants us to have revelation. He wants us to understand this. And that's why, as Pastor was preaching this morning and exhorting us tonight on faith confessions and speaking the word, that's why it's also important. We learned this years ago at Rhema. I'd never heard anybody say this, that we could take these Ephesians prayers. This is a prayer. You can begin in verse 14 and put your word, put your name in there and say it. Make it personal. I pray that my eyes would be flooded with light. That I would have an understanding of the riches of his inheritance. And then he goes on here in verse 19. And so that you can know and understand what is immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of this power. And where is this unlimited, surpassing, immeasurable power? Where is it? It's in us. And it's for us who believe as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength. He goes on here, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, above every title that is conferred. Is cancer a name? Is diabetes a name? Is poverty a name? Is depression a name? Anything that you can think of is a name. Everything has a name. Everything has a title. But he said that he has raised him up and he's given him a name that is above every name, every title that can be conferred. Not only in this age and in this world, but also in the world which are to come. And he's put all things under his feet. And he has appointed him the universal and the supreme head of the church. A headship exerted throughout the church. Hallelujah. We are the body of Christ. He's the head. We are the body. Where are the feet? The feet are in the body. And he said, I've raised him up. I've raised you up. I've given him a name that is above every name. And I've given you the authority to use that name. And I have put all things under your feet. He has given us power to tread on serpents, to tread on demons, to tread on all the works of the devil. That's why the Apostle Paul is saying, I'm praying for you, church, that you would know, that you would understand, know where you are seated, know that you've been raised up together, know that there is no name given under heaven whereby men might be saved, know that there is no other name that is greater than the name of Jesus, use that name, use that title that has been deferred, hallelujah, upon you, I have given you my authority to use that name, 
No, all things are under your feet. This is not the day and the age for the church to be defeated, for the church to walk around full of fear and doubt and unbelief. It's time for us to raise up and to know and to understand all things are under our feet. To know and to understand we have power and authority over all the works of the devil. We have power and authority over the attacks of the enemy against our nation. We can come together and we will on Thursday as a nation. We're going to lift up the name of Jesus. And we are going to declare that our nation is sanctified unto God. Our nation is protected from border to border, from coast to coast. We're going to plead the blood of Jesus. The angels of the Lord are encamped round about us. We're not going to talk fear. We're not going to talk destruction. We're not going to talk attacked here and the devil's done this and the devil's done that. We're going to talk what Jesus said. And he said all things are under your feet. Hallelujah. There's a name. That is above every name. In verse 19, he couldn't find just one word to describe this mighty power that is working in us. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead. That's what he's saying. That same power that was exerted when Jesus was raised from the dead is the very same power. That is in you. And I love these words. I'm going to repeat them again. This is what he said about that power. It's immeasurable. It's unlimited. I used this illustration a few weeks ago on a Wednesday night. Unlimited. We like unlimited. If I were to ask for a show of hands, some of you, your your favorite place to go and eat is where they have an unlimited buffet. (laughs) Where you can pile it high and deep and you don't have anybody there monitoring it's unlimited so y'all have the picture of unlimited there is no end there's no end to the fried chicken there's no end to the biscuits and gravy hopefully on saturday they'll be unlimited biscuits and gravy or whatever you like unlimited and then he says surpassing this is what surpassing means excels to be superior, to go beyond the capacity. That sounds like overflow. Our God is a too much God. Even when it comes to Him exerting that power in us and for us, He says, I'm going to do it in a surpassing, a superseding way, greater than any other force. The Apostle Paul had a revelation of that power. He had one encounter with this power on the road to Damascus. And it was so strong. At that time, he was Saul. And that power hit him so hard, it knocked the S off of his name. S for sinner. And put a P there for preacher and prophesier. He knew about that encounter with the power of the living God. Hallelujah. Woo! 
And then he goes on here. We read down through verse 22. Let's look at verse 23. And then he says, this power, where is it? Which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. For in that body lives the full measure. Everybody say full measure. Full measure. He didn't give us just a little dabble, do you? He didn't say, I'm just going to give you a little teeny bit of me, a little bit of my power. He said, I'm going to put inside of you the full measure of myself. For in that body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete and who fills everything everywhere with himself. We know That that power lives in the corporate body of Christ. But he's also telling us it is in you individually. Every member has the full measure of the power of Jesus. The Apostle Paul, he had an understanding of this immeasurable, this surpassing greatness that lives in the believer. There was probably and probably has never been a believer who faced more opposition than the Apostle Paul. Most men would have collapsed under the pressure and the physical strain. Over in the book of Corinthians, and I'll just uh, capsulize it for you, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, this is just a short list of some of the things that the Apostle Paul faced And in 2 Corinthians, I believe it's chapter 4, he called them light afflictions. Light afflictions. See if you would call these things light afflictions. In perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, perils in the sea, shipwrecked four times. Prison, he just said often. So many times he probably lost count. Once was I stoned, and that was not on marijuana. Three times beaten with rods. Five times he had 39 stripes at the hands of the Jews. Scholars believe that one beating of 39 stripes would have killed most men. But he was beaten five times, 39 stripes on his back. Can you imagine the scars that he carried on his back? No apostle has ever had the kind of adversary that he had, yet in the middle of it, he sat down and he complained and he whined and he gave up. No In the middle of all of this, the shipwrecks, the beatings, the stonings, the perils in the sea, all of this stuff, what did he do? He was the most productive Christian that ever lived. He preached the gospel all around to the known world of his day. He established numerous churches. And in his spare time, he wrote half of the New Testament, most of it from prison. Why was he able to do that? Because there was a supernatural infusion of the power of God at work within him. 
There is no power shortage. When we learn to tap into it, it will cause us to do extraordinary things. It will cause us to go beyond our physical limitations. It will cause us to tap into strength that can only come from heaven. He couldn't have sustained all of this stuff if he hadn't had that revelation. The power of God is in me. That same power, resurrection power, that raised Jesus from the dead, it's alive in me. And it will quicken my mortal body. I am not going to die. I am not going to leave till I run my race and finish my course. And he said, I'm going to run my race. I'm going to finish my course with joy. He wasn't complaining about all the stuff that was happening to him. He called it light afflictions because he was saying there is a something of musabrakata. There is the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of me that it just takes away all this stuff that's happening to my physical body. There's nothing that can happen to my physical body that this power on the inside of me won't swallow up. And he also had a deep revelation of the importance of praying in the Holy Spirit. You want your inner man to be strengthened? You want your inner man to be charged? Pray much in the Holy Ghost. Writing to the church at Corinth, he said, I pray in tongues more than y'all. I like it. He was from the south. Y'all, he said. I pray in tongues more than y'all. And y'all was a praying church. He had to bring correction because they were praying so much in the spirit in public settings. Yet he said, I pray in tongues more than you all. There's a reason why he was sustained. There's a reason why he was strengthened. And the good news is this. That same power belongs to us. That same power is at work in us if we'll plug into it, if we'll release it. Have you ever experienced a power outage? Have you ever had a time in your house and all of a sudden the lights go out? You know, in Oklahoma, when we grew up up on the farm and uh, we had poles that had funky little wires on them that brought the electricity from town all the way out to the country. And so it really, it didn't take much of a storm, just a little lightning and blow out one of those poles and we didn't have any electricity, sometimes for days. I can remember many a night sitting around the kitchen table eating whatever we could eat without, you know, daddy would go out and build a campfire and roast hot dogs, whatever, but sitting around with a kerosene lamp. Anybody know what a kerosene lamp is? Anybody else in here as old as I am know what a kerosene lamp is? I can still smell the, that kerosene lamp burning because there'd be a thunderstorm, there'd be a tornado. Tornadoes would come through there and knock out the power poles. And we didn't have power. Storms were notorious for knocking out the power. Yesterday, as I was sitting and I was just meditating on these scriptures and praying, it just came to me, a word from the Lord. There has never been a storm in your life that can cause a blackout in heaven. 
your test, your trial won't make the lights in glory flicker. You're never going to hear the Father say to Jesus, get the backup generators going. (laughs) Pastor Mark and HBCC are making such a demand on the power here that we're going to have just a temporary blackout. No, nothing that you can ever face. There's no storm that's going to ever knock out the power that's at work within you. There's no power shortage and there are no power blackouts in heaven. So the Apostle Paul had this revelation. And then even now let's turn over to the book of Ephesians. We're just going to be camping in these two chapters tonight. He says kind of the same thing, but just a little bit different. And we'll begin at verse 16. Ephesians 3, verse 16. This is another awesome prayer. You can begin probably praying this one in verse 14. But we'll start reading tonight in verse 16. May he grant you out of the, in the Amplified, out of the rich treasury of his glory. That just makes me happy right there. To be strengthened and reinforced with power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. When your person when your inner man is strong, the devil cannot dominate you. Sin can't dominate you. Old habits can't dominate you. Low self-esteem can't dominate you. Weak, sad, depressed, down attitude can't dominate you. I like the last phrase of that verse. He says, the indwelling, how did it say here? Verse 16, the indwelling with your innermost being and personality. There's all sorts of labels that have been put on people. You have a personality disorder. You are an introvert. You are this. You are that. And that's good to identify, you know, what what our makeup is like. But let me just say this. You are not stuck with your personality. There is someone who will change your personality. If you need a personality lift, if you need a personality, if you need to be changed in your thinking and in the way that you relate to people. There is someone on the inside of you that will change your personality. That indwelling of the Spirit will even change your personality. Why don't you turn to someone, maybe unless you're married to them, and say you might want to try that. No, never mind. (laughs) You might want to consider that. No, not really. Let's keep on reading the word now. Verse 17. May Christ, through your faith, actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts. Aren't you glad 
He didn't say, I'm going to come and I'm going to live inside of you till next Tuesday. He said, I'm going to make my permanent home in you. I'm going to settle down and abide in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely in love. That you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and to grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of the love. What is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth of it? So many Christians are bound by insecurities. I want to encourage you to meditate on how much he loves you. As a matter of fact, everybody say this with me right now. Love loves me. Say it together now. Love loves me. Say it again. Love loves me. Say it again. Love loves me. And he says, I want you to get rooted deep in this revelation. Secure in my love for you. When we're secure in his love for us, you know what it does? It does what the Apostle Paul is saying here. It brings strength to your spirit. When you know that he loves me, he wants the best for me. I know that what he has for me is so huge that I got to grasp it. I got to grasp how deep, how wide, how high his love is for me. I know that he wants me happy. I know that he wants me healed. He wants me whole. He wants me blessed. And that he has good things in store for me. Say it again. Love loves me. Say it again. Love loves me. He is not, he doesn't, didn't just love us. He is love. We are loved by love himself. That ought to do away with insecurities. People get so, you know, again, back to the personality thing. Some people have all these issues and low self-esteem and their personality's all wacky and all of that stuff. If you'll just meditate. Jesus loves me unconditionally. I am secure in him. He wants the best for me. Amen. Let's keep on reading. Did we now verse 19 that you may really come to know practically practically through experience for yourself. Can I get a witness? Anybody in here experience for yourself the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge. It's not just a head thing that Jesus loves me. It's in our heart, branded in our heart. I am his and he is mine. It surpasses mere knowledge without experience that you may be filled Through all your being, unto all the fullness of God. 
May you have the richest measure of his divine presence and become a body holy, filled, and flooded with God himself. Holy, filled, and flooded with God himself. To the degree that you are saturated with God himself. Filled and flooded means there's no more room for anything else. Filled and overflowing and flooded with a revelation that God lives in me. That God loves me. I'm saturated in my bones, my flesh, my arms, my legs, my face, my hair is saturated. With the revelation that God's power, His mighty power is in me. I'm filled. I'm flooded. I'm overflowing through all your being. That means someone on the inside, working on the inside. He gets so big on the inside of us. The revelation that He is on the inside of me gets so big. You can't contain it in here. It comes out and it fills your whole being. It starts coming out of your mouth. It starts coming out of your hands. It starts getting in your face. Woo! Saturated throughout my being. Hallelujah! With His divine presence a body holy filled and flooded with God himself Smith Wigglesworth said this he said I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than I am on the outside God at home God at work God indwelling me there's nothing too big for my God. And no matter what comes my way, when I'm holy filled and flooded with Him, He just comes out, hallelujah, and swallows up that test and swallows up that trial. When we know that we are holy filled and flooded with Him, there is no consciousness of lack. Whatever comes against me, whatever shows up in my life, it's not bigger. It's not better. It's not stronger than my God. That power is present. That power is available. But that power is not automatic. It's in there when you get born again. But we are required to activate the power. Let's say you go home from church tonight and you're sitting in your living room and you just keep sitting there in the dark and you keep saying, I wonder why it's dark in here. How come there's no light in here? And then all of a sudden your husband walks in, maybe he's been somewhere else, he walks in and he goes, duh, flip the switch, turn the lights on. Or you can get up in the morning and you can stare at your coffee pot that you want to have some Jehovah Java, the Lord that waketh you up. You can sit there and stare at that coffee pot for hours and keep saying, I don't, I wonder why I don't hear that drip, drip of peats in my pot. 
And then all of a sudden, after you sat there and stared at it for a while, duh, it wasn't plugged in to the power source. But Christians do it all the time. We're sitting in the dark when all we got to do is flip on the light switch. We're sitting in a place of, of weakness when all we got to do is plug in to the power source. Activate the power through your words, through faith confessions like Pastor was saying. saying activate the power through praying much in the Holy Ghost. There is nothing that you are facing right now that God will not take care of. And how's he going to take care of it? We started reading here. According. Which verse is that? May Christ settle down. Let's see here. Verse 20. Yes. We just read that. Now to him by consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us. Where did this power come from? It came from heaven. It's according to his riches in glory. Heaven is the place that we make the withdrawal. And our spirit is the place that the deposit is made. It's according to his riches in glory. According to that power that is at work in him. That we make that withdrawal. And that withdrawal comes and it's deposited into our spirit. And there is no lack in heaven. There is no power shortage in heaven. Make a withdrawal. Make a demand on that power. Amen? Amen. There is nothing that we are facing or you may be facing right now that the power of God at work in you can't destroy. The anointing destroys every work, every yoke of the enemy. Don't let the devil tell you this. Don't let the devil say to you, oh, what you're in the midst of It's a permanent situation. You're never going to get out of this test and this trial. Things are never going to change for you. God's purpose and plan for your life is never going to come to pass or to be established. When he brings those lies to your mind, pick up your Bible and say, Well, you know what, devil? I don't know if you can read or not, so I will read this for you. I have a verse for you. We started reading it. Verse 20. Now to him who by and in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out what? His purpose. God's got a plan. God's got a purpose for your life. And his arm is not shortened. His power is not limited. Don't listen to the lies of the devil. I'm going to drive that home. That says, oh, God's not big enough to pull this off for you. It's never going to change in your life. What you have in your heart is never going to come to pass. I beg to differ with you, Mr. Devil, because the Bible tells me that that power... The action of his power. It is at work within me. And it is able to carry out his purpose. And it's not going to just barely get it done. This is how he's going to carry out his purpose. He's going to do it super abundantly. Far over 
and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, and dreams. The action of his power in us will carry out his purpose that he has planned for us. And how's he going to do it? Super abundantly. Aren't you glad that God's plans are bigger than our plans? His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He says, you give me your best. You use your faith to the max that you can. You give me your highest prayer. You give me your highest faith confession. And then I'm going to come on the scene. And I'm going to do it super abundantly, infinitely beyond. Higher than your best dream. Higher than your greatest prayer. Because I'm the God of the much, much more. I'm the God with whom nothing is impossible. I'm the God that doesn't have any kind of lack. I am the God with whom there is no power shortage in heaven. It's according to my riches in glory that are working in you and for you. I want to encourage you as we're fixing to close here. Don't meditate on lack. Don't meditate on what you don't have or what you can't do. Those kind of things will destroy your confidence. They'll steal your peace and they'll rob your joy. But I want to encourage you, begin to meditate on these scriptures. Begin to pray these prayers and get it deep rooted and grounded in your spirit. That there is power that is at work in me. That same power, that same resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's raising me out of any death-filled situations. It's raising me out of any depression. It's raising me out of any kind of oppression. It's raising me. It's quickening my physical body. It's redeeming me from the curse of sickness and death in the name of Jesus. And there is no end to his love For me, he desires to show himself strong in my behalf. Well, I think the only thing left to do is to read verse 21. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So be it. Do you receive the word of God tonight? Let's stand to our feet and let's just give him some glory. Hallelujah.